everybody, and welcome to In the Clinch MMA podcast on the Fight Game Media Network. Paul Fontaine alongside Ryan Frederick, recording for the second straight night, although... Garrett got the, got our previous show or our review show up pretty quick, so you're probably going to be hearing this two days later than than our previous show. But we are recording uh, almost exactly 24 hours later. And uh, if you missed our uh, show, you can check it out on the Fight Game Media Patreon. We reviewed UFC 274 pretty in depth. Ryan uh, broke down everything that led up to you know Charles Oliveira being stripped of the title. He talked about Dan, uh, uh, Donald Cerrone and why he was pulled from the card and. We, you know, we went into the uh, co-main event quite a bit, and uh, uh, the powers that be at Fight Game liked it so much they put it up on the YouTube channel. Uh, but uh, yeah, so on um, on on uh, this Saturday, UFC 274 from Phoenix. Ryan, just uh, quickly go over the results of the main event, and then we'll we'll go over some of the other cards that happened this week. Well, yeah, the the main event you had uh, Charles Oliver who missed weight, and got stripped of the title. You know all that all that controversy, but uh, anyway, but he finished Justin Gaethje in the first round, uh, submitted him with a rear naked choke. Choke. Uh, it's kind of kind of funny, you know. Gaethje, he's not the first guy to call Charles Oliveira a quitter. Quitter, but it seems like every time somebody calls Charles Oliveira a quitter, he ends up choking him out very quickly. So <laughs> just kind of funny. But they they had an awesome fight. Each guy got knocked down in the first round, and I was kind of starting my my uh review of the show for for the uh for the observer which is going to take me some time to do but uh but yeah like thinking on it like this is just an absolutely incredible run like we talked about on the show last night but but for those who didn't hear it i i'm strongly putting this as the best single run that anybody's had in ufc history just when you kind of look at everything 11 11 straight wins 10 finishes you know, finishing five, finishing three straight title fights against three of the toughest guys ever, and you know, after being knocked down by each guy, each guy Chandler, Gaethje, Poirier, it's just he, Charles Oliveira is incredible, and he's still the best lightweight in the world by far. And you know, I'm ready. Hopefully, he. Hopefully, what happened this past weekend was an anomaly. I mean, it was. Yes, it was the sixth time in his career he had missed weight, but it was the first time at feather at a lightweight, lightweight. He and it was always weird because there's been lightweight fights where he's come in as low as like 152. It's kind of crazy that you know he yeah. he missed it, but putting all that aside, he's going to be in the next title fight. We'll find out sometime who's who's who it's against, but but he's he's. He's the uncrowned champion right now, so then, so yeah, best lightweight in the world. Uh, the the only thing I'll add to what you just said is I've I listened to a few different reviews of this show, and I didn't like the fact that Oliveira is no longer the champion is not even a talking point. Like I, I think everyone just ignores it and considers him the champ, regardless of whether or not he actually has the belt. I don't think it matters, not even just to fans, like to people that you know i'll say observe the sport <laughs> if you want to, uh, to <laughs> talk about which reviews i'm talking about um and uh you know like i think and you know it's just yeah he won and he's the champ and the fact that he may or may not have missed weight um does not i mean he did miss weight but there may have been some shenanigans um and uh that most people are just kind of overlooking that and still considering him the champ. So yeah, I mean, this is also unprecedented territory. We've never seen this yeah. happen in UFC competition, and and the fact that like the fact that people are just saying like saying like yeah, he got stripped of the belt, and then he went in one in dominant fashion. Like they just 
you know, the, he's still the champion in everybody's eyes. So I don't really don't think it matters whether he has the belt around him, at, you know, at all. He's still considered the best, and that's all that matters. Yep. And then the the other fights. Yeah, he had the co-main event, the worst fight of the year. Uh, Carlos Barza uh, beat Rose Namajunas, uh, uh, split decision to win the strawweight title. Esparza was on uh, Ariel Hawani's show show today. She admitted she has no desire to even go back and watch the fight. She knew it was bad, but she was saying she said that Rose was just painfully, you know, had a game plan and stuck to it, and it wasn't a good game plan. And you know, Esparza, you know, she took she said like. It, she admitted it was a suck ass fight, suck ass fight. But she said she did what she needed to do, and and you know back on the rose like saying you know, I, wondering why she didn't get credit for her for her defense, defense. It's just it's crazy, it's crazy. Like this is this is like any other sport. Yeah, your yeah defense helps you win, but uh, offense scores you points, and that's the same thing in MMA. Offense scores you points, points. I mean it's just. And when you do, when you have very little offense, you're, you're not going to win rounds. And, then, and when you have basically three, at least two rounds of no offense, like you're not going to win those rounds. So you can't win fights on defense. So, so yeah, I mean, you know, don't, don't, unless you have insomnia, I wouldn't bother going back to watch that fight. And <laughs> if you do have insomnia and that doesn't help, just follow it up with the Shogun OSP fight and that should do the trick for you. Yeah. Um, and then we also had, uh, well, we had the uh, knockout of the year, uh, Chandler and Oliveira, maybe one of the best knock. We both called it, I think, maybe the best knockout of all time. Yeah, just, I mean, right? yeah, <laughs> I, I'm hard pressed to think of stuff. Think of stuff. I mean, it, at worst, it's in the top five discuss, discussion with Anderson Silva, Edson Barboza, Joaquin Buckley, you know, those kind of knockouts, but, uh, yeah, just just the uh, the field goal kick from hell is what it was, and just I, I don't know. Did you see that picture I posted on on our Facebook group? Yes. Ferguson's face yep. as as it yeah. happened. Oh my god, it hurt just looking at it. Yeah, yeah, and then and then those who read my who read my column, I found a great picture of a uh, of Fergus of a uh, Chandler doing his his backflips backflips and he's like in midair while ferguson is just laying there face face down out cold and it's just the whole scene and the post-fight promo from chandler if you miss that fight just go back and and like like i said on our post-fight show it might be the single like like best like overall package from start to finish yeah. of a fighter, like like you know, from the from the from the ring from the start of the bell bell for how the fight went, how the finish went, and then how he cut just the just one of the all time great UFC promos. It's just incredible, incredible. Michael Chandler should be a massive superstar. Yeah, I agree. Uh, we got another uh, kind of. Um, <laughs> Candidate for worst fight of the year, but it was overshadowed in a way by the uh, co-main in uh, Shogun Hua uh, losing a split decision to um, uh, OSP, and I've already said more about that than I probably needed to. And in the opener, we had a really good fight with in the with um, uh, what's his name, Randy Ran- Brown. Randy Brown, uh, yeah, beating Chaos Williams in a welterweight fight. So um, I would say, you know what, if you haven't seen the show and you know, I wouldn't pay for the replay or anything, but when it gets up on Fight Pass, watch it just for the historical aspect of that women's fight because it was 
I won't say it was so bad it was good, but it was so bad you kind of almost need to see it. And you'll be entertained by the commentary anyways, because the guys were just entertaining themselves because the fight wasn't doing it. So, um, and, uh, and and then again, you can you can tell people you saw the worst uh, title fight in UFC history. Um, so yeah, that was that. And then you know, we went over the prelims and everything on uh, on the recap show. You can listen back to that if you like. Um, fight of the night. There was a real fun flyweight fight on the prelims. You can go back and check out too. That's probably up on Fight Pass already. Um, and that was... Uh, uh, Brandon Royval and Matt Schnell, and uh, that was uh, two minutes and fourteen seconds of uh, just fun brutality. Yeah, yeah for the um, for the American so, uh, oh. for the real quick for the American crowd, this will all be up on ESPN Plus. This stuff doesn't go on. Okay, Fight ESPN Plus. This plus this stuff doesn't go on Fight Pass in America for about a year, close to nine months. Really? Like that. Okay, like that. ESPN, that. ESPN Plus holds exclusive rights. The pay-per-views go up 30 days after, but if you have ESPN Plus and you didn't order the pay-per-view, you can watch it like after 14 days, I think is what it is. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Oh, that's cool. That That's actually really good. But like stuff, um, all right. stuff, that's broadcast, so, stuff that's broadcast by ESPN, ESPN2, like I think that takes, takes uh, some... I don't know. I forget. There was times where it was like when the first year of the ESPN deal it took a, it took almost a year for the that's the, those replays to get up on Fight Pass, but they're readily available on ESPN Plus. Just just find it on there. All right, cool. Yeah, and and again, it's the the, uh, the knockout. You definitely want to see the main event. You definitely want to see, um, and then that that title fight just for the historical aspect. So uh, we're actually going to kick off the show with this. But we'll get to it now. Uh, our We Have to Talk About segment. And uh, We Have to Talk About, we hinted at this. Well, we didn't hint at it. We outright said it. That this was going to be our We Have to Talk About segment on uh, sa- on Saturday's uh, or Sunday's review show. Uh, it's Daniel Cormier. And uh, he is um, he's going to be in the UFC Hall of Fame. He was announced as the latest inductee. Um, and uh, very emotional um, announcement. He did not know it was coming. They did like a split screen and showed him as as they were airing the video and he was in tears and he was hugging everybody and just a really cool thing. Now, the one thing, and I'll let you say what you want to say about Daniel Cormier, but the one thing I thought was odd was we I thought we already had a headliner in Khabib Nurmagomedov. So I, I was surprised that they're doing, like, why didn't they just save... Daniel Cormier for next year, but that's probably my WWE mindset, thinking you, know, you can only have one main eventer. Yeah, because they had Bisping and Evans in 2019, so, um, and and I guess you just answered my question, so if they feel like they want to add two guys, they're going to add two guys, and that's it, right? Yeah, I mean, like, the the, the laundry, the list of some of of people you could put in the UFC Hall of Fame is already long long enough, and, and you know, I don't know, I don't even know if they're doing anybody in the Pioneer era yet if they are the they've yet to announce announce it but i mean you know they can put in whoever they want as many as they want they like to keep it limited to keep kind of keep keep it you know going but but it's also it's also fitting putting uh cormier and habib in on the same year considering this considering their teammates close friends they're you know if you've seen them on social media and on videos UFC's put up like like they have just the absolute best relationship <laughs> like like it's so funny it's yeah. like big brother little brother they just mess around with each other so it's fitting that they go in together and and honestly when you look at hall of famers daniel cormier there's there's nobody there's that's as good as it gets uh, as far as like all around mm-hmm. all around two division champion one of the best fighters in UFC history history one of the absolute nicest people 
to to ever come. One of the absolute nicest fighters, nicest people. People, uh, I mean, I've I've sat next to him at some of these. Uh, he'll come in like now nowadays they have like their weigh-in show, so he's doing that. But but before ESPN was a thing, like like and he was doing commentary. He'd he'd come in the room during weigh-ins and he'd sit with people and just talk with media members and just kind of he just kind of felt like he's he's somebody like he doesn't want you to be like ever intimidated by him he just wants to be your friend and talk to you like you're like your friends and you know know each other and that that takes a real like quality quality for somebody who will just talk to you like he's known you forever even if even if that's the first time that you've met you've met so just an all-around class act i mean hall of famer through and through yeah he's uh in case you didn't know um obviously for two-time two-division champion has victories over Stipe Miocic, Frank Mir, Josh Burnett, Anderson Silva, um, Dan Henderson, Bigfoot Silva, Alexander Gustafson, Anthony Johnson, Derek Lewis, and more. Um, just uh, just an incredible career. And he started late. You know, he was uh, he was supposed to be in the Olympics. He didn't get to compete in the Olympics because he could make weight, uh, which you know was probably one of the most devastating things in his life. But he came back from that and uh, became a uh, UFC champion, um, and uh, good for him. And now he's, uh, you know, now he's a commentator, one of the best out there, really. You know, and I don't, I never hear anybody say a bad thing about Cormier on commentary. I mean, he says stupid things sometimes, but who doesn't? But uh, you know, people generally, uh, some people don't like Joe Rogan. They definitely don't like Dom Cruz. I never hear anyone say they don't like DC. You know, they may, you know, they may think, oh, yeah, he's, you know, I've, I've heard, oh, he's into the edibles and stuff like that. But that's just joking around. Like, he's, uh, he's, he's a lot of fun. He's just a big fan watching this stuff and, hey, and it I'm, comes across i'm big time into the edibles there is nothing wrong with them they they if <laughs> no, you're having no. if you're having a trouble trouble sleeping have an edible or two yeah. with a couple of sleeping pills and man you will sleep like a baby baby like you well i i will say there was there was one one time when i i t- i had one before watching a ufc and uh i was watching and i was just it was so intense and then i was listening to the commentary and it was like my mind was like blown and then i i went on twitter and somebody said something like you know uh dc is into the edibles tonight or something and it was like that must be it <laughs> that's why it's hitting me so yeah. you know so not, it's, not it's to, just a weird experience not to sidetrack anything but I, I i especially enjoy them before playing some poker because it just kind of just oh. eases your mind eases your mind that's a little there you go that's a little there you go yeah this this was yeah this this was like one of the ones where it was like a fight of the year last year or something like not the not the gaethje chandler but might have been 2020 but anyways yeah we're we're yeah so that was cormier mentioned you know he's now going to be a two-time crying meme after you know because he was crying oh yeah he's like people are going to make a meme of me crying again crying again at least this one will be better because of that whole the whole crying after losing to john jones and and then you know John Jones gets stripped of the title and it goes back to Cormier. <laughs> so, so. Yeah, when uh, when I you know when it when it hit me it was when Bruce Buffer went up and and gave him the big hug. That was like wow because he went out of his way to find him and and get get to him. You know, and at first I thought like the way it looked, it looked like he was just walking past him to get to the cage. You know, to to announce the next fight. But no, he was like making a point. I'm gonna go hug this guy. So that that was really cool. Yeah, I will I will say if there's a day that ever comes where Dana White is tired of being the face of the UFC, Daniel Cormier would be a yes. perfect replacement. 
Yep, I totally agree with that. Um, there, there's a couple other names that I've thrown out there when when this question gets asked, but um, DC is you know he he's because everybody loves him. You know, Everybody and he's loved, got a great mind for the sport too. Loves him, great mind for the sport. Incredibly well spoken too. So it's just, yep, yeah, good representative of yes. uh, of the company as well. You know, in in a lot of ways. Yeah. So, so yeah, so that yeah, so that was uh, Daniel Carmen. Congratulations to DC, uh, latest Hall of Famer, and uh, I guess you might even be there live to see it. So um, we'll uh, yeah, we'll see what happens in in July. That'll be on International Fight Week. I believe the ceremony is on June thirtieth. So, That's correct. Yeah, uh, and it'll it'll be on Fight Pass as well, I believe, and probably or ESPN Plus in in the states. So we also had uh, we'll we'll go back uh, PFL three on Friday. Oh no, tough. We'll we'll do tough first because it was the first one in the week. So last week was the uh, first first episode. They did the uh, team picks. Um, it was funny because we talked about Bobby Maximus, the guy that was in Tough Two. To no one's surprise, he was the very last pick, um, and uh, and then you know and uh, and then but what was surprising was the first fight was the two undefeated guys uh, were on each team and and the coaches picked them to fight each other. So it was uh, Niall Bartling and Zach Paga, and we're six days later. I honestly don't remember who won. I do remember that it was the one that was on Team Pena, but I'm looking at the team like the list right now and i don't even see who's on which team so do you remember uh which one it was that one yeah zach pogla won he's on team team okay. nunez so okay it was kind of a boring fight two rounds um i thought yeah i mean it was you know it, I, if one guy was gonna have won both rounds it was definitely pogla because he had, i think it was a second that it was pretty dominant his the first one could have gone either way i thought um but it was a unanimous decision so um pago won he advances and uh next fight i believe was it chantel coates and brogan walker sanchez yeah or do you have it in front of you i don't have it in in front of me nobody nobody updated the wikipedia (laughs) so uh, i know the the wikipedia doesn't have the teams but i seem to remember that being the fight if if i'm i know it's obviously a flyweight fight um but we'll see we'll watch it tomorrow and uh helen peralta and caitlin neal is the next fight oh so i was completely wrong um and actually those are two of the fighters that i actually knew uh coming into this so yeah um not much on the of note on the first one pena was a little full of herself um she was you know just kept bringing up how she'd won this competition before and she knows how to win and everything so i think they're setting her up as a heel um which is not that hard to do um <laughs> And, yeah, I and very very clear from the from the first episode it seems like the big focus is going to be going to be on Kamaru's brother Muhammad Usman. Yeah. Yeah, and I do think that there's going to be some sort of a redemption story with Bobby Maximus cuz you know, he's uh 43 years old, uh hasn't fought in like 11 years, maybe longer, and uh oldest fighter in the cast, oldest fighter in tough history. So there there's a story there as well, but um I think Zach Paga is the guy to beat in this whole thing but we'll find out um all right and then uh, a couple days later friday night we had two shows well actually in the afternoon it was uh bellator from paris um i didn't see this uh did you uh i i regrettably saw the last round of the romero fight and the main event so the so i guess if you were out of edibles then the next best thing would have been to watch bader congo uh i mean 
I thought that was to fall asleep. Worst. I mean, I think that was going to be the worst fight of the weekend, and then the UFC happened. So I mean, and they uh, mm. rode, You know, we had a couple fights save that one, but yeah, it was a, a clear Bader dominated fifty forty five across the board. Congo was just not in yeah. his league and league and everything. And then Yoel Romero. I mean, he was fighting a late replacement, Alex Pelozo. Whatever, whatever his name is, and he waited literally until the last second to finish the fight when he could have at any point during the fight. It's just oh. kind of just Romero being Romero. I mean, the finish was at four fifty nine yeah. of the third round. So, so I know I'm looking at that, and it's like wow, like and and he. But you're saying like he was dominating the whole time, and he he just decided, okay, I'll finish a, this guy now. Yeah, the Romero fight. Yeah, you know how that goes. Okay. It's, it's, it's you know watching Yoel Romero fight can be a very by you can go bipolar several times during that during that fight so so um other names on the card that people recognize lorenzo larkin uh got a win over kyle stewart first round ko seren bach who we talked a lot about last week uh, unanimous decision over charlie leary moved to 16 and one and uh yeah that's about it for the notable names and then later on that day pfl3 um in uh from from Florida, or no, from Texas, Arlington, your neck of the woods. Um, I watched this show, uh, and it was uh, it was an easy show to watch. Five five fight main card. Um, this is unlike last year. It was well the two the two guys that were supposed to win won. Roy McDonald uh, just submitted Brett Cooper in like two and a half minutes. That was an easy win for him. Anthony Pettis got a triangle choke over Miles Price uh, in the first round as well. So they both picked up six points in the tournament. It, there's an upset in the co-main. Carlos Leal, who had won a place in this tournament on the on their contender series that nobody watched, that we kind of joked. I kind of joked about. It. You didn't even care about it, but um, they he got this contract by winning like three fights earlier in the year, and then he comes in and he beats Ray Cooper, who is a two-time defending champion uh, by unanimous decision, and he dominated him. Like, this was, a couple of the rounds could have been 10-8. Like, it was it was a just complete domination. I don't know what happened to Ray Cooper. They were speculating that he might add an injury. Yeah. Um, and then in the main he, event... Didn't Ray Cooper miss weight by, like, six pounds yes, or something yes, like he that? Did. Yeah, so he's he's got negative one point right now. Um, because not only did he get zero points for winning, he lost a point for missing weight. So he's pretty much out of it. Um, I think maybe if he gets a first-round finish and nobody else gets a finish, I think he might be able to sneak into the playoffs. But I think he got in last year after he'd been eliminated, and then he ended up winning the whole thing or something. I think that was him. Um, and then uh, Kayla Harrison won the main event. Uh, unanimous decision over Marina Mokna-Kina. Uh, this was not a great fight, uh, and by Kayla's own admission. You had some comments in your column on Monday uh, where you said that you think her head's not quite in this because she doesn't really want to be here. Um, yeah, she was to hoping to fight. Up, yeah. yeah, I mean, you can talk about that, but she was hoping to fight Cyborg and, and uh, she's kind of stuck in PFL because they matched the offer. Uh, so she'll take her million dollars and go home, I guess. Um, and then, and I'll let you get back to that, but uh, the other main card fight, Larissa Pacheco, who is being groomed. At, I mean, she's the only other fighter that ever went the distance with Kayla, I believe. And she got a, uh, just a really impressive first round KO over Zamzagul Fialzanova. I don't know. Fialzanova. Um, no idea if I'm even close on that Congratulations one. Congratulations. She got the win anyway. Congratulations yeah. on that attempt. <laughs> yeah. On the prelims, G- Julia Budd lost, so pff, 
There goes that idea of her and uh, and Kayla. And uh, Gleason Tebow also lost a split decision on that. And then in the opener, Vanessa Mello, who is another name that a lot of people probably know, lost to Martina Jindrova, another unanimous decision. So talk about Kayla. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you saw you know, like any of her like uh, media scrums or or the interview she did no, with Ariel no. Hill. Even her promo wasn't Ariel like it wasn't up to her normal stuff. Yeah, I mean, I can't say this for sure. Just you know, you can you can see signs and body language and stuff like that. And yep. to me, it just kind of and she openly admitted like she had agreed to deal a Bellator and she was going to fight Cyborg on one of those Hawaii shows. Like it was. It was a done deal, signed and, you know, not signed, but pretty much almost signed and delivered, delivered. And that's what she was wanting to do. And, and, you know, PFL just came in and swooped in and, you know, matched everything, which they legally had the right to do. You know, PFL did nothing. It's kind of like when Eddie Alvarez was supposed to fight, was supposed to fight in the UFC on a pay-per-view and they, and Beltar matched the offer, kind of the same thing. Yeah. But I mean, I just get the impression from her that she's she just feels stuck and she's fighting where she doesn't want to be. And she talked about this whole free agency process being exhausting, which I mean, I'm sure it was because, because she was, she was going to the UFC until Amanda Nunez lost to Juliana Pena. Like that was going to happen. So that, that ruined that. And then here you are thinking, you know, you're going to go to Bellator to fight cyborg. And then, you know, that gets blocked by PFL and you're just kind of, like yeah, I'm gonna win a million dollars again this year, and I don't have to cut the cut the 145. But I mean, these I'm fighting the same girls I've been fighting for the last couple of years. I mean, she's she's gonna end up fighting you know people that she's been fighting. She's getting no new challenges, no new tests, and just just I think she just wanted to challenge herself to be the best. And I don't feel I feel like she knows like I can't be the best if I'm stuck in PFL. And I just think she just doesn't want to be there. This is just my opinion. I don't know that that for sure. Just it's just there's too many signs pointing yeah. that direction. So I I just looked it up and when I mentioned the um, Larissa Pacheco, she actually fought Kayla twice in 2019. They fought in the opening round and then they fought again in the finals, and both times went to unanimous decision. So um, only person I believe that um, that she has not finished uh, before this fight. So. Um, so, yeah, so that was PFL. They will have another show this week, which will... Uh, uh, they don't, actually. I think that's it. They don't. They don't? No. Oh, yeah, you're right. Uh, I pulled they're... up the PFL 4, but that's not until June. So, yeah. yeah. Okay, so that was a waste of time. Um, pulling that up, I mean. Pulling that up, I mean. So, yeah, so we, uh, yeah, we'll have the second round starting in June, and uh, we'll we'll review that when we get to it. But it's kind of good now. Now that Ultimate Fighter started, I got one less show to watch every week, so... Um, and now, uh, going into next week, of course, we have the UFC. Uh, again, I mentioned to you off air, I didn't even know the main event of this before uh, um, I looked it up because we were, they were so focused on, um, you know, they were talking about the Singapore show, they were talking about a lot about July 2nd, which we'll get into a little bit later, uh, you know, International Fight Week show, and, and wasn't really much in the way of promotion for this show, I thought. Um, you know, cause even during the prelims, they were just, you know, doing a lot of stuff on the main event, the main event matches on the pay-per-view, which of course you're going to do on a pay-per-view night, but Jan Blahovich and Alexander Rokic is a key, uh, heavyweight, uh, light heavyweight fight. Blahovich obviously is a former champion. Rokic is one of the top contenders. 
both top five guys. Um, Rockets has only lost once uh, since his pro debut, and that was a split decision of Volkan Ozdemir in just an awful fight in December 2019. But, I mean, if it wasn't for that, I mean, he's undefeated, and he probably would have had a title shot by now. Um, but uh, here he is. Uh, winner here is probably going to get a shot at the winner of um, Teixeira and uh, Prochaska. So, I, I mean, I, I totally kind of favor Blahovich, but I don't, maybe I shouldn't. Am I overlooking Rockich? Uh, I mean, Rockich is the betting favorite as of, as of now. He is, okay. Uh, which is kind of surprising to me. I mean, they're both, they're yeah. both four and one in their last five. Uh, but Rockich, I mean, he, he had that brutal knockout of Jimmy Manawa, but his last couple performances haven't been like something that screams title contender. And that's probably why he hasn't gotten a title shot or been, you know, in a, you know, this is going to be, Technically, his first booked main event, even though he's main evented a show before, before because at the last minute. But, but yeah, but uh, Blakovich, I think, uh, you know, he's coming off the loss to Teixeira, but uh, he admitted he had a just just a bad bad night that night, and and you know if he wins this one and he finishes Rakic, I mean it doesn't matter. I mean I think Yuri is going to beat Glover. No offense to Glover, but I just you know you you know how you and people who've listened to the show since the beginning know how how much I've been on the Yuri bandwagon but I think uh I think I kind of am more would be more interested in seeing Blakovich against Yuri over Rockets against Yuri I just I don't think Rockets he's got a good record but uh, I've just never really been super impressed by him but uh it's it's a tough fight for Blakovich uh he's he's going to want to get it to the ground for sure I mean I think he can control control on the mat on the feet uh it's a toss-up to me. I think Rockets is slightly better on the feet, but it's kind of a toss-up to me. This has a potential to be a replay of that um, fight from a couple of years ago between that I mentioned between Rockets and Ozdemir. Like if these guys decide to do, you know, kind of what Shogun and uh, OSP did uh, this past week, um, you know, I mean, we could see that again because yeah. uh, I have seen kind of seen that from both these guys before. Yeah, so it, it could. It could. I mean, it's probably starting at about twelve thirty on the East Coast on Saturday night. Yeah. AKA Sunday morning. Jeez. So so I mean yeah. it could be a fight that puts you to sleep. <laughs> sleep. I mean, you know, Yeah, this it, is yeah, this starts this this show's starting an hour later than the pay per view did, but there's only eleven fights. Well it's set, so no, it's starting at the least. same time as the as the pay per view, but Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. But. I'm showing seven thirty Eastern, so I wasn't sure. Um the main card's starting the same time as the pay per view. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's so what the I, actual that's what show I mean. is starting. That's what yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, the actual show is starting an hour early. Yeah. That should have been clear. The rest of the card, there's nothing. Like, I mean, there's a lot of names that people know, but, like, there's no there's no fights, like, that I... I mean, we're going to do our three fights to watch, and I'm going to be struggling because there's not much here. There's a few undefeated fighters that I'm kind of interested in what they're going to do. A um, couple guys that, you know, Camacho Torres, you know, I guess I, I don't want to spoil what, what we're talking about, but man, like there's not much here. <laughs> I don't know what else to say about the rest of this card. We'll do our three fights that we want to see if we can come up with them. Yeah. Oh, um, I, I've got mine, so do you want to, okay, want okay. to go ahead? Well, then if you've got yours, I'll, I'll, do, I'll do mine. I'm going to go with the opener, and hopefully I'm not stealing yours. Uh, I mean, that's what's on my list here. Uh, Nick Maximoff and Andre Petrosky. 
Petroski we saw in the contender series, Maximoff, unbeaten middleweight, real exciting fighter. Um, you know, and he's two and zero in UFC. Uh, both decisions though, so we kind of wanted to see him get a finish. Um, and then I'm gonna go with um, uh, Lewis Smolka and Davy Grant. Smolka's kind of a gatekeeper at bantamweight. Davy Grant's got a great story. You know, former uh, tough. Uh, was he a tough winner or a tough UK winner? A tough finalist. Uh, uh, he was a tough finalist. Finalist. Okay. He's, he lost tough to finalist. Uh, okay. He lost to Chris Holdsworth. Right. Right. And he's, but he's had a couple really long layoffs, and he's a guy I just I always really love to see. And then I'll go with the flyweight fight just because I like uh, Andrea Lee a lot, even though she's unpopular. But I just I just think she's got a great character um, with the cowboy hat and everything. Andrea KJB Lee against Vivian Arajo. But honestly, like none of those three fights would would ever make my top three of, of any other week. Just about so. Um, you go ahead with yours. Okay, so my first one is going to be a be a men's flyweight fight. Jake Hadley making his UFC debut against Alan Nascimento. Uh, Hadley, uh, he's most famous for missing weight and pissing off a lot of UFC employees on the Contender Series, but he still won. Oh. Dana White still gave him a contract, and. I felt like he was somebody who didn't need to go through contender series or ultimate fire or anything. He should have just been signed straight to the roster, but UK guy, eight and he's got tons of potential at flyweight. I'm really excited to see his debut. Uh, second fight, uh, also a flyweight fight. I talked about a couple weeks ago. It, it was a fight that ended up getting canceled on fight day. It's been pushed back to this show. Tetsuro Tyra against Carlos Candelario. Tyra, another big flyweight prospect, 10-0. Him and Hadley could be like on a collision course to fighting for a title one day. One day, so that's another flyweight prospect. And for my third fight, as much as it pains me to say this, I'm going to say Caitlin Chugagian against Amanda Hebus. And uh, mainly because of Amanda Hebus. Mainly because of Amanda Hebus. She's moving back up to flyweight for this fight. And, uh, I mean, I I think she has the tools to beat Chugagian. Chugagian's got just this... Just this weird style on the feet, but she actually looked good in her last fight. I mean, it, it, her last fight was less annoying to me than than her, typically. Ah, 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 please don't, sorry. please, 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 <laughs> <laughs> please don't make me walk out right now. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> Until you stop, okay. But anyway, yeah, I, I'm done. I'm I think done. I think Amanda Hevis will limit, let that be limited, and she'll just take it to the ground and dominate on the ground. I'm more interested on this fact because Amanda Hevis and she's a legitimate prospect. So, yeah, I'll go with that. So neither one of us mentioned. Neither one of us mentioned Camacho and Torres, which is surprising because Camacho is kind of a bonus machine. But yeah, he hasn't fought in two years, and Torres is making his debut. So, so yeah. Okay. We'll see what happens. All right. So, uh, yeah, just go, go over the uh, rest of this card yeah. and tell us what we need to know. It kicks off at 7.30 Eastern time. All all these fights will be on ESPN2 and, and of course, ESPN+. Okay. Plus, so plus for everybody in the Didn't state. Didn't mention that. And whatever they are and, up in uh, Canada. Somewhere on TSN in Canada, you'll, we'll have to switch yeah. about four times during yeah, the show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Us Americans, we can just leave it on one channel. Uh, it kicks off with the middleweight fight, Nick's, Nick Maximoff against Andre Petrosky. Then we have the flyweight fight, Tetsuro Tyra. Tetsuro Tyra against uh, Carlos Candelario. 
Then we have a women's flyweight fight, a big name here, uh, Angela Hill. She's yeah. fighting Verna Giandi Roba. Those are both ranked ranked flyweights, kind of buried on the card. Giandi Roba's tough. Yeah, yeah. And, and Angela Hill is, is any losing skit she needs to snap out of. I don't ever see her going anywhere because she's a likable fighter and the promotion loves her, but she needs to win here too. Uh, then we have a lightweight fight, Michael Johnson uh, back after – after about 15 months out of action, uh, he's in a must-win fight against Alan Patrick. And then kicking, then uh, finishing off the prelims, we have the women's flyweight fight, Vivian Arujo against, excuse me, Andrea Lee. And then the main card that starts at 10 Eastern time, yeah, it kicks off with the flyweight fight, Jake Hadley against Alan Nascimento. I mean, with Hadley being on the main card, that just shows them how high they kind of are on him because they could have put – you know, there's four of those prelims that they could have put on the on the main card instead of that. Then you have Frank Camacho against uh, Manuel Torres. Camacho hasn't fought nearly two years. He was supposed to fight, I think, last year or something, and then he got in a car wreck the week of the fight, and he's been, been recovering from that. And Torres is a guy from the Contender Series making his debut. Then you have the women's flyweight fight, Caitlin Chukagin against Amanda Hebas. Bandweight fight, Davy Grant, Louis Smolka. Your co-main event is another light heavyweight fight, Ryan Spann against Ion Kudalaba. That has the potential to be fireworks. Kudalaba is crazy, mm-hmm. you know, legitimately like nut so like and uh you know, Span is usually in entertaining fights. And then the main event, Jan Blakovich against Alexander Rakic. It's funny you mentioned Torres and Candelario, and because we were covering um, Contender Series on our show, like I forget that these guys are making their debut, and Hadley as well, because I've seen them, you know, and and before I wasn't really watching the Contender Series much, um, you know, just kind of every once in a while I'd check it out, but I made a point of watching every single show last year, so feel a little bit more educated. Yeah, and this, and this last year had a lot of really good fun fights, and they're gearing up to kick it, it off again. Yeah. And- Again, here in July. Yeah, just after uh, International Fight Week. So, yeah, so that, again, is uh, Friday or Saturday uh, evening, 7.30 Eastern, ESPN2, uh, ESPN Plus, and uh, somewhere on TSN in uh, Canada. There was one show, I think it was not this past week, but the week before, where I uh, I was going to message you because I, I was setting my PVR up the night before and no UFC anywhere. And I'm like, what's going on? And then, but there was a whole bunch of shows because of basketball, because TSN has the NBA rights, and um, I guess because the Raptors got eliminated, uh, and we didn't get the game seven, they um, they aired UFC instead. So we actually got the whole show on 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 TSN that week. But usually, like as it was originally scheduled, we weren't going to get any of it. And Fight Pass almost never airs the main cards, so I I was no idea where I was going to be able to watch this show. But. Turned out I was able to watch it. So, um, okay, and we've also got a Bellator show this coming week. Uh, this will be Friday, uh, another afternoon show because they're still in Europe. Uh, they're just moving over from Paris to London. Um, main event uh, is for the interim welterweight championship. It was originally supposed to be Page against who is it? Lima, the champion? Uh, no, uh, Amazov. Oh, Amazon, right, 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 that undefeated welterweight, yeah. Um, yeah, and he's wrestling, Lo- or fighting, well, he'll be wrestling, I think, Logan Storley, uh, the uh, NCAA uh, college former champion. Um, this show's actually got some names on it. Um, Paul Daly is fighting his retirement fight. Leota Machida, who is still fighting. Um, Denise Keelholz, uh, 
kick K1 kickboxing champion uh, fighting Kana Watanabe. And uh, prelims got some interesting names on as well. Daniel Veichel and Robert Whiteford. That's a killer scrap. I'm amazed that's on the prelims. Uh, Oliver Incamp. Uh, Elena Kalin Udio and Kate Jackson is actually, I'm going to be interested in that fight. Uh, I like both those people. And Lee Chadwick, the ageless wonder. Uh, you know, you know this guy, Lee Chadwick. He's fighting on the prelims. Can't that say that guy it. is. Uh, <laughs> oh my god, he's like just built like a brick shit house, and uh, he's just a veteran of Bellator and and those Europe cage warriors and that. And he's fun at Bama. He's like goes all the way back to Bama shows. He's awesome. I I I'll be. Ch- I'm gonna check out these prelims. I'll tell you that right now. That's uh, twelve thirty uh, our time on Friday. So. Uh, but I'll probably watch it later on in the weekend. Um, I may not even watch the main card, but I'm definitely watching Lee Chadwick, and I'm watching Kate Jackson and, and Elena Kelly and Odio because I think that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, that's uh, anything else you want to say about Beltor? No, nope. Thank you. Okay. Uh, if if seventy five thousand people watch that show, we'll be shocked. Um, okay, so we got the news, and there's a lot of it. And we got to kick off with something that was almost going to be our We Have to Talk About segment if Daniel Cormier hadn't have been uh, inducted into Hall of Fame. And it's this uh, whiteboard, uh, warboard that uh, made camera during a Dana White interview. And uh, why don't you yeah, just kind of go over everything and, and talk about what was up there, what what's happening, what's not happening, and, and all that. Okay, so this is a room at the UFC uh, headquarters, which is the at the UFC Performance Institute and all that. I've been in this room before. It's a very confidential room. If you ever step foot in that room, you're not supposed to speak of anything that you see in it, basically. Basically, as far as, like, you know, fights and stuff. But basically, it's an interesting room, and you see Dana White doing, like, he, do, he does a lot of video interviews, and uh, he's always in that room, but he has... But it's always set up to where, like, the camera's showing the one wall that has, like, the globe on it. Okay? And then there's another wall that has all the divisions, all the, like, the division rankings in them. And then there's another wall that has, like, a list of fighters in each division that have, like, contracts coming due. Like, you know, has one fight left, two fight left. Various notes on people. On people. And then you have the keyboard, which has about, which if you ever watch, I don't know, Paul, have you ever watched the Dana White videos that he puts out during during the week, the Now You Know videos, the little quick? If you I've don't seen know, one or two, but if you not, don't know, not in a while. Now you know. The, if you don't know, now you know. He he stands in front of the board that has the card for this show, for this show, and you know he points at you know the fight, the two fights. He says you should watch on the show. Well, anyway, there's about I think like ten or twelve of those set up, and it's the cards for each for your upcoming ten or twelve shows. Shows and now now when I say the cards, it's uh, all these fights that are listed on there. They're not official, but they're all ideas. Like when they have their matchmaker idea idea and the matchmaker meeting, and they start coming up with ideas about okay, let's uh, let's try to make this fight for this day. So they'll put it on the board board and and. Uh, you know, sometimes the fights happen on those days. Sometimes they have it on different dates. Sometimes they don't happen at all. Happen at all. But a lot of times when you see the matchups up there, you, you know, those fights happen, you know. And a lot of times they happen on the dates that are planned. Sometimes they don't, you know. It's just, it's a matter of it. So, 
So yeah, he did that video interview and usually when you see this board on the whole now you know thing or anything else, everything except the current card is covered up. Well, you know, mm-hmm. this video interview on the Pivot podcast, whenever I think it was shooting uh, Ryan Clark, I think it was whenever they had him on the camera, the whiteboard was visible in the background and people were pausing it to try to figure out all these fights <laughs> that were happening. And all of a sudden, sudden, you know, about Tuesday, you have a list of fights leaked, you know, that are, that they're working on, you know, for these dates. And, you know, there was a lot of interesting stuff and a lot of the stuff that was on the list of stuff that got leaked ended up getting booked. And like I said, some of it were for the days listed. Some of it were for different shows, but generally, generally, yeah, that's what followed. And I think, what ev- what captured everybody's attention was they were trying, they were trying to make a fight between Kamzat Chimaev and Nate Diaz. They were trying to make it for July second. It's not going to happen on July second, but, but yeah, that's the one that kind of got everybody's attention. Um, and what Ryan has not has failed to tell you guys yet is that he has a. Uh, hidden spy cam in that office, so that's how come Ryan always knows all the fights ahead of time because no, he just I looks d- at the whiteboard when I, he knows Dana White's not looking. I do not have a <laughs> hidden spy cam, but but uh, like I said, I have been privy to the room before and I know and to I'm some of those dis- obviously into some of those discussions. So like I said, like I said, it just you know I have so so um, two of the fights. Uh, well, I mean, so a lot of it, uh, a lot of the fights that that got out there were the um, July second, the International Fight Week card, and we actually have like almost a full card for that show already. We're like two months out, but um, obviously the main event's going to be Israel Asanya and Jared Cannonier announced this week was a featherweight title fight that I'm looking forward to, and I'm sorry, this is my main event, um, Alexander Volkanovsky and Max Holloway, which is, you know, a fight, you know, everybody's wanting to see again, because uh, the first two fights decided nothing. Um, huge fight in the middleweight division, Sean Strickland and Alex Pereira. Women's flyweight fight, uh, Lauren Murphy and Misha Tate, which could very well be a title eliminator if Misha Tate wins. Uh, we got Pedro Munez and Sean O'Malley. Um, it's funny because I was just on a podcast. Um, I recorded on Thursday. It's going to be released tonight, I think, um, as we're recording. So yesterday, as you're listening, called Wrestling with the Truth. And it's it's mainly a wrestling podcast, but they know I'm an MMA guy. And they were asking me who are some younger up-and-coming fighters that they need to keep an eye on, like, you know, the next Connor kind of thing. And I mentioned Sean O'Malley, and I mentioned – guess who my other name I mentioned was? Uh it's me, remember. Who's the other name I mentioned? Uh, uh, God damn. Yeah, it's I'm trying me. to think. Of, I'm trying to think. He was on the car this, this weekend in the crowd. Oh, uh, Patty, duh. Yeah. Yes, yes, Patty Pimblett. Um, Okay, middleweight fight. Uh, Uri Hall, Andre Munez. Another women's flyweight fight. Jessica Ian, Macy Barber. Brad Tavares and Dorikis Duplessis. I think we announced mentioned that one last week. Um, Robbie Lawler and Bryben Barbarina. That's a fun fight at welterweight. Oh my God, that's a fun fight. Uh, right after fighting Matt Brown, he gets Robbie Lawler. That's awesome. Um, and Jessica Rose Clark and Julia Stolyarenko at bantamweight. So that's like what four, seven, that's ten fight fights there. already. So yeah, so we're we'll get a few more and possibly but, uh, and, and also also possibly on that show Matt Brown against Takashi Sato. Oh wow! Okay. That was on the and that was on the board. Room. That one was on the board for the. Okay. For, 
and then also on the board we we so we comes out and Nate Diaz was on the board, but that one looks like maybe it's not going to happen. Um, it's not definitely happen. wasn't announced. It's not going to happen on that day. They the stuff that they announced on on Saturday, which they were which they were planning planning to announce it on Saturday, and he, he, regardless, the whole whiteboard thing had nothing to do with them going ahead and announcing it. They were going to announce it on on Saturday anyway. But yeah, yeah. Uh, but Nate and Comza, I mean, that's still the idea. But there's several ideas for for Nate. But uh, who knows if that fight? Well, gonna yeah. Because you you mentioned in your column that uh, Diaz tweeted July thirtieth, one hundred seventy pounds, and I saw that tweet. But when I saw it was when Michael Chandler quote tweeted and said, "I'm there, I'll move up." So um, you know, obviously Chandler wants that fight. Um, Chandler wants to fight anybody: Diaz, Connor, uh, Oliveira, you know, whatever. Just give me the money. He might is get what it. he's saying. But yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, honestly. <sighs> Nate Diaz seems beneath comes out at this point, and Diaz and Chandler is a fun fight. Um, I mean, if it's up to me, I'd make Chandler Diaz, and I'd, I'd do comes out and whatever they originally had in mind for him. Yeah, um, yeah but so. I'm not the matchmaker. I would, it wouldn't um, surprise we, me. It wouldn't surprise me if Nate is on the UFC 277 card because that that's going to need something because right now. Right now, right, that's the one that has Nunez Pena, right? Or right now, it's looking probably. like Nunez Pena in the main event and a interim flyweight title fight with Brandon Moreno and Kai Car France in the co-main event. So I kind of think you need a th- big third fight for that show to yeah. to sell tickets because yeah. it's because it's because it's very yeah. And on the white another thing on the whiteboard whiteboard uh, whiteboard it it had the had it listed. It also had this UFC two seventy seven on July third. It had John Jones and Stipe Miocic listed, as we've talked about, and as I put in my column, John John uh, said that it's looking like September. John said John said he's hoping September twenty fourth in Las Vegas. So there's that, there's that. But uh, UFC two seventy seven July thirty. It's on the whiteboard. It said either Salt Lake City, Boston, Chicago, or Dallas. But uh, I've been telling everybody all along it's Boston. Dallas. It was Dallas. Oh. Dallas, and it still looks okay. like it's going to be Dallas. So, so and Boston. That, oh, that's UFC two seventy seven. Yeah, and that's Boston, to, Boston okay. might be August or September. They have a lot yeah. of paper. They have a lot of pay per view shows coming up because if you look at it, UFC two seventy six and two seventy seven are in uh, July, and then the Abu Dhabi show. As of now, I mean, granted, this could change. As of now, the Abu Dhabi show on October twenty second is UFC two eighty one, but that's not a that's not supposed to be a pay per view show. So, so, so but, that that could be like last year where they yeah. do pay per views like so two you're weeks looking in a row yeah so you're numbered looking, events two weeks yeah, in a row. so you're looking at possibly a pay per view you know UFC two seventy eight in August two seventy nine in September two eighty two eighty in October and two eighty two in November I'm just saying though if they do it this way fuck they're, they're gonna screw they're gonna screw up their UFC three hundred in uh. Uh, in July of 2024, it's going to end up being before then. Yeah, and they're also going to make me pay for another pay-per-view. Fucking bastards. Because um, I'm in Canada, and we have to pay for the that stupid Abu Dhabi show. Sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Um, but you know what? Like, when you look at it over the course of the year, I'm probably still saving money because we're still paying 50. I think it's 50. Um, maybe might be 60, but we don't have to pay the extra five bucks for ESPN plus, And it's also Canadian. So it's more like 40. So, uh, we're, we're making out. Okay. Um, 
any okay see we got all the fights from the whiteboard uh let's just back it up to see if kind, what else we got to cover in the news there's a, there was a lot of fight announcements some of it that was on it and some yeah of yeah we'll get we'll, we'll get to the fight announcements yeah. but um was there any other news before we get into the fight announcements i'm just scanning here uh well, i talked about the interim title fight that yeah, was kind of, that um, was kind of. Oh, uh, Henry Cejudo. Henry Cejudo has been tested twice. <laughs> he's been, he's yeah. Right he now. he went in the USADA pool. I think it was two weeks ago, less than two weeks ago. Yeah, and he's already been tested twice, which is funny because like as as I said. Yeah, what's column, what's the counter at for Connor? Yeah, Con- Connor's at zero five, zero tests this year. Still zero. Okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll though, check on that next yeah, week. We'll see. Yeah, six hundred seventy <laughs> fighters have been tested this year. This year, one of them is not Connor wow. McGregor. Wow. And and again, as you said last week, he may be the only fighter under contract that hasn't been tested. Yeah. Um, definitely the only big name uh, yeah. that hasn't been tested. Yeah, so. for sure. Um, all right. Uh, so fight announcements. We got a bunch. And, uh, you know, there's I mean, we've had more in a single week, but I don't think we've had a week with this big of fights uh, announced. So uh, why don't you go over some of the bigger ones? OK, so uh, we'll just start with. Uh UFC 275 on June 11th there in Singapore. Interesting flyweight fight, Rogerio Bonturin against Manel Kopp. I mean, we're big, yeah. we're both big Manel Kopp fans on the show, so so that should be interesting. Uh, June 18th, UFC Fight Night in Austin, uh, Joaquin Buckley against Albert Durayev. Uh, UFC Fight Night, June 25th, back at the Apex, uh, lightweight fight between ranked guys, Matus Gamrot against... Armin Sarukian, uh, you know, that, that could be very interesting. Um, then we, okay. We went over the July 2nd, uh, July 9th. It's got a main event and it's, uh, a rebooking of the battle of the Rafael's Rafael dos Anjos against Rafael Fiziv. Hopefully that fight happens because I'm very interested in that fight. And then also on that show, you have Cody Garbrandt going back up to Bantamweight after, after failed experiment at flyweight, he's going to fight Hani Yaya. That's an interesting fight. Uh, any uh so that july 9th show is that back at the apex or we don't know yet as far as i know yes that one's gonna be at the apex okay uh july 30th ufc 277 on top of the two fights that i talked about which aren't officially announced but are very you know are in the works you know ariel ariel even went as far as saying that tonight uh posting a story that the interim title fight's a done deal but uh july 30th okay. ufc 277 uh, uh interesting light heavyweight fight anthony smith against magomed ankalaev uh you know big fight for ankalaev and you know he could get a title shot this win and then a crazy middleweight fight uh paulo costa yeah. against luke rockhold so uh, yeah so if i'm betting money i if i'm betting i'm gonna say this fight doesn't happen but yeah, I was, we'll there's a there's a very good chance one or, one or one of them's gonna fall out. Uh, but yeah. yeah, and uh, then uh, August sixth, UFC Fight Night's got a main event light heavyweight fight: Tiago Santos against Jamal Hill. And uh, wow, and another fight. Um, that, so I uh, I, re- I feel re- like I stepped on you there. So I I just want to make sure I I say that for that UFC two seventy seven fight, July thirtieth, it was Paula Costa and Luke Rockhold. So yeah. Anyways, go ahead. Yeah, and uh, fight not listed because it's it's in the works, but it's not signed. And usually, I don't put fights up on the on the list unless they're signed and announced. But it looks like the July sixteenth main event is going to be Brian Ortega against Yair Rodriguez. Ooh, finally going to see Yair again. Um, and we just saw um, Brian Ortega this past weekend uh, mm-hmm. cornering his wife. Um, all right. 
Uh, so yeah, so that's all the fight the fight announcements. Um, as well, in your column, you've got the events that are coming up this week. So in addition to the ones we already mentioned, there's an Invicta show on May 11th. That's on MMA Junkie. Uh, I think it's it'll probably be on um, Fight Network in Canada as well because we got the last Invicta show. So if it is, I'll watch it and I'll let you guys know if there's anything to check out. Uh, we've also got on f- Friday an LFA show from Brazil. So that's interesting because uh, if LFA can go to Brazil, uh, I don't know why UFC can't. Um, CFFC is well, the, also that's well. A, I, will, that, I will chime in and say that the LFA show is a lot of Brazilian. Is I think it's okay. all Brazilians. That live there in Brazil. Okay. So they don't really have to worry about foreign travelers coming in. Gotcha. They're, because there's gotcha. there's still a okay. bunch of MMA events going on going on in Brazil at, right now as we speak. Okay. All right. It's just interesting that it's branded as Alfe then, I guess. Um, CFFFC is another UFC feeder system that's been around forever. It's actually CFC 108 um, from Pennsylvania on Fight Pass on Saturday. And Sunday, Fury FC is one we've talked about before, coming from Colorado Sunday afternoon. So lots of lots of uh, MMA this weekend for you if, if you don't want to watch basketball or baseball or any other hockey, any other stuff going on. Um, so that is just about going to wrap it up. Busy week here. Uh, if you didn't get a chance to check it out, check out the fight game media, Patreon plus, uh, five bucks. Just go to, uh, www.patreon.com backslash fight game media, sign up and you can get our bonus show as well as, uh, about five shows a week, uh, that, that get on there. And, uh, and yeah, so I want to thank you guys for supporting for Ryan. I'm Paul and Ryan, take us home. Like you always do. All right, everybody have a great night. Enjoy the fights this weekend and have a great week. Later.